Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Horsham. This message is by Clive Urquhart. Okay, we're going to uh, we're going to have some time uh, to have communion together around the tables uh, as part of the response today, and what God wants to do. What 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 is God doing at this time? It's, it's important that we not only hear messages uh, or we hear, we come to church, we worship, we hear messages. It's important to understand, so what is God doing? What is happening at this time? Because if we are, first of all, as a leadership, if we are praying, listening, uh, communicating with each other, what we believe God is saying, where we're going as a church... What we've just heard there is all part of what God is doing and where we're going. Um, but also for everyone in the, in the body, each of us has a responsibility in our own lives for our relationship with God to be listening to him in our own lives. And in that context, as we are walking with God, listening to him, hearing him in our own lives, we will also, as part of that, be getting an understanding, a sense of what he is saying, not just about our own lives, but the the bigger picture of what is going on. There is only one Holy Spirit and he's not going to say a whole bunch of things to one person about what he's doing over here and leading people off in that direction and saying a whole bunch of different things to people here, leading them off in that direction over there. God is speaking, I believe, to his church in this nation at this time. And our responsibility as a leadership and yours uh, and ours together is to be listening. So what is God saying? What is he doing in the midst of what is happening in our nation? And one of the things I believe God is doing is he is preparing us at this time. Now, you could say, well, he's always preparing us. We always seem to say that. But he is preparing us now for the days that we are in, but also for the days that are ahead. Many of us would like to, and when I say many of us, many people would like to rewind the clock to 2018, 2019. Uh, But there were a lot of issues going on before that in our nation uh, in terms of where it's at. And the clock is not going to be rewound. The clock is not going to go back. Time only goes in one direction. And so does what is happening. Only goes in one direction. And God is preparing us And part of that preparation is that each of us personally in our lives is really taking responsibility for what is happening in our lives. I cannot do that for you and you cannot do that for me. We can encourage one another. We can inspire one another. That is so, so important that we are a people who encourage one another 
build each other up, as the Bible says, in our most holy faith, in what we believe, and how we then live that together moving forward is so, so important, especially in the days that we are in. The days of just messages to fill the ears of people attending a service on a Sunday are gone. So we, we need to understand that when we do gather like this, that we hear something from God as to what he is saying. Now, anything that God says must have very real practical application in our lives. God is not interested in just giving us sort of some spiritual whatever that doesn't make sense in our lives. He doesn't just want to give us spiritual knowledge and puff us up in that way. He wants to speak to us so that we know how to earth and live out our Christian lives in the day and the hour and the time that we are in. Hence, this year, going through the book of Romans, I'm just going to say a couple of things for a few minutes to remind us, okay, to then contextualise what we're going to say this morning uh, and what our response is in terms of having communion together. The reason we are going through the book of Romans is, I believe, it is a prophetic book for the church today at this time. The first eight chapters, as we've said this year, are about the gospel, uh, the gospel of the kingdom, which is God's purpose on earth for people and what he wants them to come into in terms of his kingdom. We know that the gospel of the salvation is the entrance point into the kingdom. To be born again, as Colin said at the beginning, is the doorway into his kingdom. And we need to, and, and so Paul explains, the Apostle Paul who wrote the book of Romans, he explains in the first eight chapters, unpacks the gospel. And he does it in a brilliant way, the gospel of the kingdom. And what he shows is that the gospel was for the Jew first, that Jesus came as a Jew for the Jewish people. And <clears throat> then at the gospel came first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. Okay. Now we unpacked, or Jane primarily unpacked, chapters 9, 10 and 11, over the, mainly in September, the first part of this month, showing us that... God's heart is still for the Jewish people. He has not rejected them. He has not forgotten them. The church has not replaced the Jewish people as his chosen people. What we're understanding is that the Bible, okay, is one story from beginning to end. Yes, we have in our Bibles the Old Testament and the New Testament. A lot of the church in our nation sees that as the Old Testament is the story of the Jewish people, the history of their lives and the Old Covenant, which is the Old Testament. This is what a lot of Christians think. And then that the New Testament or the New Covenant replaces the Old and it's now the church which now had that the new, uh, this is what a lot of people think, that the, the New Testament or the New Covenant is for the church and the church has now replaced the Jewish people as God's chosen people. Well, that's not what God is doing and that's not what the Bible says. What the Bible says is the New Covenant was actually given to the Jewish people. 
Now, how do we know that? Well, it talks about that in Jeremiah, talks about that in Ezekiel. We're not going there this morning because we've heard a lot of that uh, from Jane over the last few weeks. But if something old that was given to a people is going to be replaced with something new, it's because God wants to give them something new to replace what they had. And so, in essence, what God says in Jeremiah and Ezekiel and other places is... In order to fulfill my covenant promises to you as a people, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the old heart of flesh out of you, the heart of stone, sorry, out of you, and then give you a heart of flesh because I want you to know me and I'm going to put my spirit in you so that you can walk with me and in my ways and fulfill my purposes that I've called you as a people to fulfill, which is to be a people that are full of who I am, that then the nations look at you and are jealous of what you have because you have the very one that is the saviour for the nations in you. Are you with me this morning? Okay, so that in essence is what we've been looking at and that as Gentiles, as non-Jews, so anybody that's not Jewish is a Gentile, including all the Arabs, they're all Gentiles, okay? Um, We are then grafted into what has been given to them. Now, a Jew only receives what is being given to them if they are born again. They surrender their life to Jesus. There's only one way to the Father, and that is through Jesus. There is not a special way for the Jewish people. Anybody, Jew and Gentile, you're born again, you're forgiven of your sins, you become a new person in Christ, okay? And so that's where we are, if you like, in the story of what God has been unfolding. And so after chapters 9, 10 and 11, where does Paul go? In chapters 12 onwards, he begins to explain and describe what does it look like to live as a Jew and Gentile church together? What does one new man in Christ look like? What does it mean? And, and last week, uh, Colin brought a, a, a tremendous message, a brilliant message last week. Um, that I don't know what you titled it in the end or what title you gave it, but he, it was from 12.9. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Now, that message was a specific message, very much in relation to how do we love people who have a different lifestyle, a different way of living than we do, how do we love them, not judge, condemn and criticise? And it was a specific message about how do we love people who identify in some way with LBGTQI+, somewhere in that community, how do we love people? What was 9, 10 and 11 about, Romans 9, 10, 11? How do we love the Jewish people? Because God loves them, has not forgotten them. Last week was about how does God love people wherever they are in their lives, whatever is going on in them, doesn't matter how different they might be to what we understand a Christian to be and how we want people to be. How does God love people? Therefore, how do we then love people? Now, there are other people that don't identify with LGBTQI plus in any way whatsoever in terms of who they are, how they live their lives. But there are many people that are living a life without God 
and they're filling their lives in lots of different ways to be fulfilled or whatever in their lives. And therefore, what is God saying at this time on, on one level? Anyone that doesn't know Jesus, that doesn't have a relationship with him, what God is saying to us is, I want you to love people Amen. without condemnation, yes. without judgment, without any criticism, because all of us have been in the same place where we didn't know God. Yes. We were under condemnation. Yes. We were going to have an eternity without God. And God in his mercy went to the cross, did what he did on the cross, but God in his mercy didn't treat any of us as we deserved. And as we responded to God's goodness, then he forgave us, he sorted us out, he healed us, he turned us around and he gave us a new life. And, and we are now here to carry on the ministry of Jesus on earth in the same way that he did. Therefore, we're to, to love people. Now, in the same way that building a friendship, a relationship with a Jewish person. And in Romans that we saw, that we can't convert anyone. And as we love people, spend time with people, that they see who God is in our lives and want to know more about who he is in our lives. And in those relationships and conversations, we're going to talk about who Jesus is. Not because we're trying to ram something down people's throat, but because in relationship and in the reality of who God is in our lives, he is going to come up in the conversation at some point, sooner or later. Sometimes sooner, sometimes later. Why is this so important? Because the world is fragmenting. And today's message, we're not going into certain things in this message that we could talk about at this moment. But some of you might be already having certain dreams. God might already be speaking to you and giving you warnings in different ways about things that are going on. I'm aware of a number of people in the church who are trustworthy spiritually, if I can put it that way who are having dreams and certain things. Uh, God is speaking through scripture, not because we're going looking for things, but because God's saying, turn here and read that. And it's like, okay, what does that say? Oh, all right, that's quite serious. And we're living in a day and hour, a day and an hour where in some ways it's difficult to believe that we are where we are. And some of the things going on. I'm not sure if anybody could have written the script as to for what's been going on the last few years. Yes, there's been many prophetic voices over the last few years, you know, saying there's, there's challenges and struggles and this and that and the other on the way. But nobody, nobody has been able to fully describe exactly what that looks like and how that's going to be. Because if, if God gave us that much detail then we would all kind of say, well, that's going to happen then, that's going to happen then. God gives us enough for us to be aware of the days that we're in and how we need to live today in this time and in this hour. And in that context, we're going to look at um, some verses in, in chapter 12. Uh, and Dave Hellier is going to be speaking next week and he's going to continue on with some of this stuff 
uh, about how we are a body at this time and the importance of that. But I want us to uh, read from verse 10 onwards for a minute. I was going to look at stuff earlier, but from a time point of view, we're just going to look at a few verses and then we're going to have communion together. Verse 10, it says here, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Now, the word devoted there means to remain close, steadfast, and faithful to those that you are living with, walking with. Remain close, steadfast, and faithful to the disciplines, this is what it means, of the Christian faith. That word devoted there. So it means be devoted to one another. Be devoted to remain close, steadfast and faithful to one another as you live out this Christian life, this walk together. Then he begins to unpack what that actually looks like. How do we begin to do that? Honour one another above yourselves. Now, there's enough negativity out in the world that we don't want to bring that in here. When I say in here, I don't just mean to a Sunday meeting, but together in our, in our body. The main thing we want to be doing is encouraging one another, lifting each other. Look at what it says here. It says honour. Honour means to, to have the highest regard for. But then it says, honour, have the highest regard above yourselves. So the word honour means to lift somebody up above yourself. Are you there? Yeah. This is going to be pretty simple this morning. Verse 11, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour serving the Lord. Why is that important? Connected with honouring one another, lifting one another up. We're we're in challenging days and they're going to get more challenging, not because I'm trying to be negative this morning, but the world is going in one direction. We all understand that, right? None of us like the days that we're in. It's uncomfortable in different ways. And in the natural, it's going to get more uncomfortable in, in, in different ways. And our relationships with one another are going to be so, so key, so important. Connected with this, never be lacking in zeal but keep your spiritual further. What does it mean? Zeal is a zealousness. It's fire. It's passion. It's keep that fervor. Keep that spiritual fire going within you because if you begin to lack zeal for God, there's enough other things that will take over, that will distract you, that will undermine you, that will cause you to fear and be full of anxiety. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Now, how do we serve the Lord? Well, the first way we serve the Lord is we serve one another. We honour one another. We exalt one another. When I say exalt, I don't mean worship, but we lift one another up. We encourage each other in, in that way. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour. That's a personal responsibility that you and I have in our own personal lives. Sometimes at the moment, if you don't know what to pray, just pray in tongues. That's right. <laughs> right? Paul the Apostle says, I pray in tongues more than all of you, and I wish that you would also do the same. And 
So praying in tongues is one way at this time of helping to edify yourself, build yourself up. As the Bible talks about, build your spirit man up. Pray in tongues. You know, when you pray in tongues, pray in the spirit or whatever, you're, you're praying in tongues and, and you're tuning in. You're tuning out some other frequencies that are trying to get your attention and you're tuning into the, the frequency of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so that, you know, on those old radios uh, or maybe in your car still, if you press a button and it works through the channels, you get a bit of fuzz and noise until you get to the one that is clear. Um, and... You know, that you go through all this noise. What are you, you're trying to tune into the channel to hear exactly what's being said or the music that is being broadcast. And it's the same spiritually. There's a lot that wants to take our attention. Yeah. Praying in tongues at this time is essential. And in that, you'll, you will hear the voice of God. And often at this time, He is going to take you to the Word. He's going to take you to the Word. Because that is your sure foundation. Uh, uh, verse 12, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, patient, uh, faithful in prayer. Now, be joyful in hope. Why is that? Because there's a lot of hopelessness out there. Yeah. Uh, Simon Coles and myself were at a meeting a few weeks ago, and I won't say too much about it in this context, but a lot of people locally uh, who run some amazing charities locally in different ways to help people, there, there, there wasn't a lot of hope in the room because of the circumstances and everything going on. A lot of, even some saying that they're not sure if their charity is even going to exist in 12 months because of funding shortages and, and, and changes that are going on. And I was sitting there thinking, wow, we, we don't even realise Sometimes, how much hope we have and how we view life and even some of the things that come out of our mouth sometimes that are full of faith because there's, we have the hope of life inside us. And it says here, be joyful in hope. There's a, a certainty, there's a joy that is in us that doesn't mean all the circumstances of life are just going to be great, but in the midst of the circumstances of life, we can be full of joy and hope, expectation in terms of what God is saying and doing. Patient in affliction. Sometimes we pray, God, get me out of here. Lift me out of the situation and put me you know, somewhere where I'm going to go, oh, yeah, it's all right now. God's not going to take us out of scenarios. He's in us. He's, he's with us to come through the situations because it's in those things that it proves that our faith is genuine and that he is genuine. Just want to give an analogy because in, in about five minutes, we need to have communion so we've got time for this. There's a story of um, Paul, the apostle, and he's on a, he said before part of this journey to the, the, the guys running the ship and everybody else that's going to be on it, we should not go on this journey because if it does, it's not going to end well. And, and because the wind changed and it looked favourable for sailing, the captain of the ship said, no, we're going to go because actually, Paul, although I know you said that, the wind's changed now and it looks good for, for, for sailing. So he said, look, okay, you can go if you want, um, but I'd advise you not to. Now, they went on that journey then this storm came up. 14 days they were in a storm. 
That's a long time to be in a storm, right? Uh, 14 days. In this storm, it gets to the point where they hadn't eaten. They were, we're going to lose our lives. And they began to throw everything overboard to lighten the ship and to get rid of anything that they didn't need. And some then secretly tried to get a lifeboat over the edge to try and get away. And Paul said to these guys, hey, God has already spoken and I've already said to everybody on the boat, in order to get to where we need to go to, everyone needs to stay on board. If you try another journey, like putting a lifeboat over, the storm's going to take you out. But you need to stay on board. But in that, he did say, we will lose the ship, but no lives will be lost. This is really important. On one level, a lot of what we've known just generally in life is changing, is shifting. But even the church, what we've known as the church and how we've done things and been, not just us, but the church. God is going to allow the ship to run aground, to be broken up. But what he says is, if you stay on board with me, if you stay together, no one will lose their lives. And the ship ran aground. They all went over. They got to the island. When they got there, they, they made a fire and some of the locals came. And Paul was there. Out of the fire, a serpent, a snake came out and wrapped itself around his arm. And because some of the people on the ship had been prisoners, and he was one of them, some of the locals said, ah, look, he must have uh, killed someone, and therefore the fate or the gods, you know, have put a snake around his arm, so he's probably going to get bitten, he'll die. But yet he shook the snake off back into the fire, and he lived, and they said, oh, you must be a god, small g. The result of that scenario was many people were saved. Lots of miracles started to happen on that island and they had a move of God. We haven't got as far as I thought we were going to get this morning. Verse 13, a couple of minutes. Or let's, the patient in affliction, we need, to, we need to stay on board together We need to move forward together in the midst of all the storms and whatever changes take place over the next few months or years, your relationship with God and my relationship with God are going to be absolutely essential going forward and how we are together as a people. Who knows what laws might change? God spoke to us in, uh, what we, in 2019, we did four weeks on God's lordship in the home. Not knowing COVID eight months later was going to happen and we'd all be in our homes. See, God speaks ahead of time. That was a warning, a good warning. Sometimes we think the word warning is 
you know, because we're doing something wrong. No, God warns us of things to prepare us for stuff. None of us think COVID or whatever. And the next thing, COVID happens in our homes. Oh, wow, Lord, you've been in the home. That was helpful and all of that. How life moves forward in our nation is going to change a lot. There's a lot of unrest in the world. There's a lot of unrest in nations. There's a lot of unrest that's taking place. There's a lot of fragmenting that is still going to happen. Governments are scrabbling to work out what's going on. There are lots of people with agendas affecting what's going on in the world. Forget conspiracy theories for a minute. There are global organisations that are doing certain things and setting the world's agenda. There are governments, whether involved in that or not, that are scrabbling to work out what's going on. This, I won't say what I was going to say then. Um, there's, because it, it, it is an opinion, but I also prophetically believe what I would say. But no, it's not the right time to say it. Um, We need to live each day as if Jesus is coming back. Now, Jesus said that himself 2,000 years ago, that they need to live as if he's coming back today. Now, on one level, because we know he's not coming back today, in this next 12 hours or so, there's still things to be fulfilled before he can come back. So he's not coming back today, on the 30th of October, you never know. <laughs> but because in the back of our mind, we know there's a few things not yet fulfilled, a few things not happened in the nations and whatnot yet, with the Jews returning home and all of that, we're like, well, he's not coming back yet. So we can easily go, well, it's all right then for a bit. But we need to live today like he is coming back. Last thing, share with God or be faithful in prayer. Man, we need to be a praying people. Amen. You need to be a praying person. You need to get in with God on your own for a bit every day. And if you don't even know what to pray, just pray in tongues. Yes, yes. If you Just walk up and down praying in tongues if that's all you know what to do. And the Holy Spirit will begin to speak to you and take you to the Word and, and help you, all right? Share with God's people who are in need, practice hospitality. That is going to become an absolute fundamental for the days ahead. Okay? Um, Let's, let's develop that more and more now for the many who are yet to be saved that will be saved because hospitality is going to be an absolutely key part of the days ahead. The church becoming the people of hospitality for the many, many, many that are going to come to know him. And hospitality is going to be in lots of different ways. If you have a spare room in your house in your home, you need, to be, you need to ask God to do whatever he needs to do in you so that you are ready to have people staying with you in your home that you're going to disciple. Are, are, we, are we here today? Because there's a reality to some of this stuff. It's not just going to be a big praise party for the next few years. Right, where we all, hey, this is brilliant. You know, my life's not really being interrupted. If, if none of our lives are being interrupted, we have to ask ourselves the question, are we walking with God in the way that he wants us to walk with him? Amen. Sorry, this is a wake up this morning. Is that all right? Yes. Yes. See, last week's message, so, so important. 
We don't at this moment, and not many churches do, have loads of people that are from that community that are flocking at the door of the church. Because at this moment, they don't see their need. But the day is coming increasingly when those guys, plus many others that don't know Jesus, are going to say the only people that have some sort of hope, security and level-headedness as to what's going on are those people that believe in Jesus. Anyway, so you need to be ready to open up your home, your life, even if you don't have a spare room. Or you, never, you, or you don't have to put somebody up because that need never arises. I'll be surprised if it doesn't in the days ahead. Uh, we need to have our homes wide open to people. That you don't mind having people in your house that don't know Jesus and they hang out, they want to be with you and maybe some you need to put, have stay with you and they don't do things in the same way as we do or whatever. So we've got to be ready, 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 ready. And... We, we, it's easy to say amen this morning, right? Because on one level, it's, we, we don't like this message, but on another level, we do like this message. Yeah. It's a weird thing, yeah. right? And, and it's easy to go, oh, yeah, exciting, hallelujah, hallelujah. But honestly, if you suddenly have to have people living in your home with you that don't know Jesus, but they need help, after a few days after the honeymoon of having people with you, and they haven't got born again yet, and they're still working through all their stuff, in their lives, you might not want them in your house after a week or two. Right? And this is the reality. Sometimes things only happen in us when we're in the middle of a situation rather than preaching something and we'll go, I think it will look like that. So, Father, I submit my heart and my life. Right, I'm sorted there now. Bring it on, Jesus. And he goes, all right, well, I'll bring it on then and I'll put these people in your life. And then you went, oh, I'm not sure if I really meant that when I... The message sounded, I amend it that week on Sunday, but I'm not really sure if I really meant it because this is, there's a different reality. Most of the time, we only change in the challenge. Most of the time, we only change in the challenge when we're faced with something in the middle of it because we have to get to grips with what is going on in me and do I really want this? Are we there? Okay. Let's, let's stand together. Just want to pray for a few. The main response is going to be you guys together. If you've got children in one of the groups, um, in a couple of minutes' time, you can go and get them and, and bring them down and uh, you can like, have them involved in communion as well, yeah? So I'll, we're just going to pray and I'll just lead you a response for a couple of minutes and then... You can go and get your kids and bring them in and we'll all have communion and just spend time together. Is that all right? Um, Let's just close our eyes for a minute. Father, we don't want to be caught short. We don't want to be tuned in to various frequencies. 
We need to understand the tune that the world is humming. And we need to be with people that we can put God, God words into that tune. But there's a different frequency you've called us to live on and you want to bring other people into. Maybe just for this moment, just say to the Lord, Holy Spirit, would you continue to get me ready? I don't want to be caught by surprise. I certainly don't want to live in fear because when God speaks, he doesn't release fear. When he speaks, he releases faith. When he speaks, he doesn't release hopelessness. He releases hope. So anything that I've said today that causes fear, there might be something that's risen up in you, like, oh, my word, I don't know what that means. You need to give that to the Lord. Just say, Father, that, that, that's a challenge to me. I'm not sure what I make of that. So, Father, I just want to surrender myself to you afresh. I give you myself a fresh way, in a fresh way this morning. Holy Spirit, would you give me ears to hear what you are saying at this time? Open the eyes of my heart so that I see people how you do in these days without any judgment, condemnation or criticism. I can't change anyone. That's not my job. Yours, your job is you, you're the one who changes and transforms people. You just call me to love, to reach out. Yes, tell my story. In that relationship, talk about you. But without trying to change someone. Because Holy Spirit, you do that. And you speak to people and show people who Jesus is. So I think it takes the pressure off. I haven't got to try and change anybody. I've just got to be who you've called me to be and share you with others. And you do the convicting, the, the revealing, the work in people's hearts in that way. And Father, I just pray right now as we break bread together, as we just respond together and pray together around our tables, that you just move powerfully amongst us. I thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. In your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Now, if you want to just get around your tables and... Uh, break bread together. You can pray for one another. You can encourage each other. I did have a couple of questions for you, but we'll leave those for now. Um, we'll just encourage each other. Pray for one another. If you've got children in the groups, if you want to go and get them, you can bring them down and uh, they can be part of communion together, uh, praying for them. Maybe if you wanted to, around your table for a few minutes, you, you could just literally talk for a few minutes just to share anything that God's really been speaking to you about over the last few weeks or this morning. What does it really look like to serve, honour, love one another and, and the things we've been talking about? If you want, you can take a few minutes to do that. But then just break bread together and obviously have the, the, the where's well, juice, it's not wine, it's juice in there.
Holy Spirit, I thank you. Just fill this time right now with, with your life, with your joy. Enable us to respond to you, Father, in a wholehearted way. You can do whatever you want to do in us and then whatever you want to do through us. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.